Hello and welcome back to the Institute of World Mission podcast. I'm Alex Ott, your host for this episode today. In its very nature, cross-cultural missionary work involves a time when a missionary and her or his family returns to their home or maybe an adopted country. This is many times, as you can imagine, just as hard or maybe even harder of a transition to make. It involves reverse culture shock, uncertainties about future work, maybe a place to live, reintegration into a community that you once left. All of these are difficult challenges, and this is just a short list. In today's interview, Enid Harris, assistant director of our own very team at IWM, interviews Shauna V. Meister. Shauna and her husband, Ron, recently returned to the U.S. from the Middle East. The interview is actually a story. It illustrates both the difficult moments and emotions as well as God's incredible care for missionaries, especially returning missionaries. Let's immerse ourselves into Shauna's story in the interview. Welcome to the Institute of World Mission podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Providing resources and trainings for those serving outside their home division, Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. I'm so happy to welcome Shauna Wiemeister to um, this uh, podcast recording. Shauna, I'm so happy that you have consented to be with us uh, and share your story. It's good uh, with to be the, here. Yes, uh, with the um, with the missionaries out there, and um, I know you have a lot to share, and uh, so you have chosen this one particular um, piece that you would like to story that you'd like to share. And um, recently, you attended a welcome home uh, retreat for returning missionaries, and that is where you shared how how the great God of the universe, who holds the stars in space, and yet He cares for the tiniest bird and smallest insect, um, and He also infinitely cares about you and me. And you know, I just as I was listening to your story, I thought. This would be wonderful to share with the missionaries who are out there that God is with them in every aspect of their lives and that he's infinitely interested in them and he cares for them. So I'm going to have you share with us that uh, what you shared uh, you know, with us that day at uh, the Welcome Home Retreat. Sure, sure. I'm happy to do that. I have um, been a missionary for quite a few years and I've come to the conclusion that God loves missionaries. Amen. He, and you've, you've actually served in six different countries. Uh, I should mention that because that's quite significant. <laughs> yes. Um, over, over many years, we've moved a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, God cares for missionaries. And many of you out there know this to be true. But um, I've learned in the last year or two also that God cares for returned missionaries too, not just mm-hmm. missionaries in the field. Mm-hmm. And he cares for them in special ways. And I'll share something special about that at the end of the story mm-hmm. that I learned actually yesterday and this morning. So there's there's a sequel to this already. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but this story, I, I wrote it up recently, but it's something that's happened over the last year as we've been planning to come home. And it's called with his feathers. Mm. And it it comes from this idea um, in Psalm 91, 
of where um, the psalmist says, you know, he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. I never thought he meant it literally. It was spring and COVID was just wrapping its icy fingers around our world. A phone call had brought more bad news. My father-in-law was being released from the hospital, but into hospice care. Mm. The end was near. Half a world away, I busied myself with the inevitable cycle of teaching, grading, preparing classes in an effort to avoid thinking about it. But it was no use. Mm. Mm. Yeah, in a time like that, uh, you know, I'm sure your life was in a ter- turmoil of what to do. Your husband insisted that you should leave as soon as possible. What, what happened next? Well, Ron said to me, he said, you know, if we don't leave as soon as possible, the airport might close and we mm. won't be able to fly at all. His ever practical words cut through my foggy brain and, and pushed me into action. Mm. Classes were online now anyway. They could be taught from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Meetings also online. Tickets were available now, but no one knew for how long. It was time to move quickly. As it turned out, flights leaving Beirut continued for a few days after we left. Then the airport was shuttered. We transited mm-hmm. Europe the day before the flights to the U.S. were stopped. God, God is good. He takes mm-hmm. care of details. Mm-hmm. The next ten days were a blur of ever shorter visits with father. But it was fun because when we arrived, he did recognize us and we were able to spend some good time with him. Mm. But then we moved into a cycle of family gatherings around the table, funeral arrangements. We had known this was coming, but no one was ready. Yeah. They never are. That's, that's how it is. Um, you know, we just, we just never know. Never, never ready. So the funeral was over and everyone had left. And were you able to go back to Beirut then, like you had planned? That would have been nice. And yet, not so. Of course, Mm. suddenly as it started, the whirlwind just stopped. Mm. The family Mm. went home. Life began to go back to the new normal. But the airport in Beirut remained closed. Mm. We continued teaching our classes online, doing our work from a distance while we waited. But we didn't know for how long. It was really good because we were able to spend some time with mother mm-hmm. at a time when, when that was, I think, meaningful to her. Mm-hmm. But I was also anxious to go home. Spring turned into summer, and still the airport in Beirut hadn't opened. I began to get impatient. I had long arguments with God about what <laughs> I thought he should be doing. But it, he wasn't listening, or at least he wasn't taking advice from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, It had become clear that we should end our missionary career and move closer to mother. But we agreed that we would stay one more year, uh, one more school year before we needed to move. Mm -hmm. The longer we remained in the U.S., though, the more I realized how much culture shock I was in for when we came back the next year. (laughs) And then there was that thing about finding jobs when we returned. You know, Shauna, I... um... I, I just always thought of you and Ron as being long-term career missionaries. And uh, we don't think of the time when we um, are going to be returning or, you know, and, and having to look for jobs. So you and Ron had pretty much decided that you would end your missionary career and move back to the U.S. But you both need jobs. Exactly. And mm. mother was in good enough health that we had agreed another year was okay. Mm-hmm. So we weren't looking for jobs immediately. 
And it was COVID. It was not the time to look for jobs anyway. But then an unexpected flurry of phone calls led to a surprise job offer. And we thought, you know, maybe we're not as hidden as we thought. Maybe we're not <laughs> um, out of reach of society. Mm-hmm. But then this, this job offer was almost immediately rescinded. We hadn't really wanted a job this year. We had agreed to come home next year. Yet the prospect of being needed felt good. Mm-hmm. And the rejection, which wasn't rejection, it was more um, just a matter of this isn't the right time. But anyway, it, it stings a little. My oh, conversations okay. with God again grew more intense. What was he doing? Mm-hmm. I, I needed to know. In my frustration, I almost demanded a sign. I said, God, I need something from you. Talk to me. Mm. Fortunately, God knows me. He's patient even when I lack faith. Oh, yes. Uh, sounds very familiar. <laughs> uh, and in your anxiety you, uh, of wanting a sign, a sure sign from God, he chose to surprise you with something quite unexpected. What was exactly. that? <laughs> exactly. Well, if any of you remember those days of COVID, the lockdown was strong in Southern California, and mm-hmm. you weren't supposed to go anywhere. And so with that comes cabin fever yeah. in uh, <laughs> incredible ways. Uh-huh. And so we became almost religious about afternoon walks around the subdivision. Hmm. This was somewhere we could go. It was mm-hmm. private property. They weren't even at that point sure we could walk out on the main street, mm-hmm. but we could do loops inside the inside the subdivision. Mm-hmm. So we had settled into kind of a routine. Uh, every afternoon we would walk, um, and this particular afternoon was no exception. I welcomed the relief of being out outside. Mm-hmm. The house is small. Um, three of us trying to keep, um, keep up with whether it's classes or work or friends. It was a lot of people in a small space, so mm-hmm. it was good to get out in the sunshine. We walked and talked with mother and my husband, but inside I was still carrying on an argument with God. Mm-hmm. And that's when we saw it as we walked around the, the loop. And we're talking in a city here. There in the top of the tree was an owl. No, actually, two owls, hmm. great, great big ones, perched on the top of one of the tallest trees in the neighborhood. Hmm. One doesn't usually see owls on walks in the woods, much less a walk in the subdivision. <laughs> exactly. And it was daytime. Hmm. What a thrill. <laughs> uh, my husband and I are bird watchers, so we were doubly pleased to see the birds. But I wasn't really thinking about the owls. I was thinking about God who sent them. They were moving around in the top branches as the branches wiggled, and uh, they were very active, which I was surprised at that time of day. And that's when it happened. The owl on one of the on the top branches of the tree stretched its wings and arranged its feathers. And as I watched it, a large one of the flight feathers, a large feather, came floating down and landed right at my feet. Hmm. By now, I was just a little embarrassed. If owls were a sign from God, which was good, the feather was a symbol of my own weak faith Hmm. and how God honored it anyway. My family knew that I liked feathers, so there was no surprise when I picked it up and hugged it to myself. But they didn't know 
that it was a direct answer to the prayer of a troubled heart. Mm. God had heard me. Mm-hmm. He had covered me with his feather. Under his wings, I could find peace. That is so beautiful. You know, he knew exactly um, what, how you would react to something like this. And he knew you loved birds. Uh, mm-hmm. What a comforting promise and reassurance from God's word, uh, you know, under his feathers. Um, mm-hmm. So so fast forward and you're preparing to leave Lebanon permanently. Reality is setting in. Now what? Well, the next year went by incredibly fast, almost lightning speed. We did finally get home. We spent a busy school year trying to leave things done and organized for those that would follow us. And before we could imagine it, we were back again at Mother's Place, knowing that this time we would not be returning to the mission field. Mm-hmm. I was a rather distraught. I was used to the busy pace of academic life and yet really in desperate need of a mental and physical break. Mm. And having been through many things, COVID amongst Mm. others, um, some challenging um, political situations in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. Um, So my emotions and my subconscious were kind of working overtime. Mm -hmm. We had prayed for this break. We had asked God to hold the job and we knew that he had for us just for a little while so that we'd have some time to rest. So why did time off make me feel so empty? Where would we live? Where would we work? Would we ever adapt to life in the U.S. again? I despaired. And I began to argue with God about just what I needed from him Mm -hmm. to get through this time. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, the COVID rules had lessened slightly since our extended stay in the U.S. the year before. And the community pool was finally open again. Given the summer heat, our afternoon walks morphed into afternoon lap swims as we tried to create some stability and routine in our lives. That afternoon had been particularly hard for me as I wrestled with God and with the unknown. Mm. The cool water and physical exercise was a relief and kind of a distraction. And that's when I saw it. At first, I didn't even know what it was. I didn't have my glasses on, and it was so small, floating on the top of the water in the pool. Thinking it might be some sort of a bug, I scooped it up in my hand and swam toward the edge of the pool to deposit it there. Hmm. But my curiosity got the best of me, and I looked more closely. It was a feather, a tiny hummingbird feather, Hmm. Hmm. barely an inch long. Of course, it was soaking wet, so at first it didn't look like a feather, Hmm. but that's what it was. Wow. And you brought that little feather with you to the welcome home retreat and showed, actually, you brought both feathers. Yes. The one from the owl and the little hummingbird feather you brought exactly. with, with you. I have, I have tucked both of them into my Bible because these are a reminder of answers from God. Mm-hmm. You know, and as insignificant as that little feather might have been to anybody else, it held a lot of meaning for you. And um, God knew you loved bird watching. He knew how to comfort and reassure you with the very same thing that he knows you enjoy and will be meaningful to you to remind you of his great love and care. Now, you know, to me, that's so tender, uh, a loving 
Heavenly Father. Exactly. Right there in the swimming pool. I mean, how would it get there? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was, I was amazed. But again, I was ashamed. Mm. I knew God was caring for us. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't doing so well at the living by faith, not by sight part. Mm-hmm. I needed proof. Yes. And God gave me that proof. Mm-hmm. And God might cover others with his love or with his promises. Me, he covers me with his feathers. Amen. He shelters me with his wings, Mm -hmm. and his faithful promises are my armor and protection. Mm -hmm. How beautiful that is. Um, I wonder, Shauna, what would you say to our missionary friends who are listening to this uh, podcast? Some may have just begun their mission service, and actually Many may feel quite isolated uh, where they are because of the COVID situation. And some may be in a similar situation as you were, getting ready to leave the mission field and yet not knowing where they will live, what jobs they will do, or what will come next. So what do you have to say to our missionary friends out there who are in this situation? You know... As I said at the beginning, God loves missionaries. I'm Mm -hmm. convinced of that. Mm -hmm. I was um, doing my my personal devotions this morning, reading, and thinking, what can I say to people? Because in a sense, we're still in that situation. We haven't yet found work. We don't know where we're going to live. Mm -hmm. Our stuff is stacked in mother's garage. Mm -hmm. Um, It's complicated. It hasn't all worked out yet. Yes. But there are those little things. And I wanted to share with you something that I read this morning. Mm-hmm. It's in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6. And I didn't know that Hebrews had texts for missionaries, but that's what I found out this morning. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 6, verse 10. And it says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, mm-hmm. and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown toward his name. Wow. Where did you find that in Hebrews 6? Which 6 verse 10. 6 verse 10. And mm-hmm. this is just one of those blessings. Mm-hmm. God remembers our labor of love. He's not going to forget that. Absolutely. And, and that's something we need to know and we mm-hmm. need to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, just a short thing, because yesterday we were out in the garage looking at everything stacked up. Now, when you're, all of your belongings are stacked in a garage, <laughs> it's sometimes hard to know how to find anything, even if you want to. Yes. Mm-hmm. And realizing that Christmas is just around the corner, mm-hmm. I thought, wouldn't it be nice if I could find my Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. And I looked at that stack of boxes and they were all stacked really tight together to leave room for the car to park. Mm -hmm. And so it's this solid wall of boxes. And I thought I will never find my Christmas tree Mm -hmm. in all of that. (laughs) And so I asked my husband, I said, okay, which, which number box is it? Let's see if there's any chance we can find it. Mm -hmm. And he told me the number. Mm-hmm. Number 104, by, by the way. Okay. <laughs> and 
I went out and looked, and there on the edge of that wall of boxes, I said, it's that one. Oh. I just know it. It's that one. And there it was. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> of all the things, I said, God, you know, this is just a tiny little miracle for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just to say, I know you're struggling with things. Mm-hmm. Here's something you need. Here's something you want. Even wow. if your life is all confused, here's the little thing that lets you know I'm taking care of you. And it's those little things that get us through one day and the next day. Mm-hmm. And let us know that God has a bigger plan. Amen. So he, you know, he, it's the little things, but he also, he, he gives it to you in small doses, it seems like, you know? You know, um. we, we <laughs> learned something a long time ago, and that is God doesn't trust us very much. <laughs> he wants us to trust him, mm-hmm. but he doesn't tend to give us a lot of warning. He doesn't tell us a year from now where we're going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't know until a few weeks or maybe a month or two. Mm-hmm. He doesn't show us what's coming. And I think with COVID, that's been a good thing. Imagine if we had known two years ago how this lockdown was going to affect how us. How would it have been? How would it, how would it have been? We, know, so. we weren't ready to know that. Yeah. At the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so God says, no, you think you want to know that. You don't really want to know. When you need to know, I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. And so we know that he has a plan and he will show it when he's ready or when he Mm -hmm. thinks we're ready. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's not always when we think we're ready. That's right. And, you know, he might even come through a minute before 12, (laughs) you know, when you least expect it or when you've pretty much i don't want to say given up but maybe you know maybe yes maybe given up because at that point we have now uh we are depending on on him exactly that's when he can come through and that's the the lesson that maybe we need to learn right now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so people people have said well you know are you are you discouraged Mm. no God has a plan for us. I have no doubt about that. What it is, he hasn't told us yet. Mm-hmm. He will when he's ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're not doing nothing meanwhile. We're actually, I would love a year off to finish my book. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. But I would also love a place to do it. Yes, to feel but, more settled. Uh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. One, one writes better when one is settled. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not sure that's true because um, some of my best writing is when I'm the most unsettled, maybe. <laughs> but but God knows that. Yeah. Well, you know, this your experience, I'm sure um, many of our missionary friends out there can resonate with us. Uh, I can. I know I, I can. I've, you know, um, I've been in a similar place. Um, of uncertainty and, and, you know, just can't wait for God to show us what, what he has for us um, when we came back from the mission field. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And, and, and through it all, he's still trying to, he's trying to teach us these lessons exactly. you know, in ways exactly. that, that we can relate to actually, just like you could with the, with the feathers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think it's important. We, we often think that God, 
cares for missionaries. Mm-hmm. And that's true. But he cares for returned missionaries too. Absolutely. Because the, your work hasn't, is not complete. <laughs> yeah. And, exactly. you know, yeah. Um, so you started um, out, started your story with Psalms 91, verse 4. Mm-hmm. And it's from the New Living Translation. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. You know, when you think of feathers and wings, they're such delicate. They're, they're so delicate. Mm-hmm. And you say, how can I be covered with feathers and wings? And yet it says your faithful promises are your armor and protection. You know, that sounds like it's really um, when you talk of armor, <laughs> yeah. it, it, you know, you think of something metal and something really, um, you know, that will really sh- protect. And, mm-hmm. and, and yet God's tenderness, uh, his tender love um, demonstrated through this, the feathers and the wings um, exactly. shows how much he cares. Exactly. And, and it's interesting how, you know, when I look back, especially the last year, year and a half, mm-hmm. um, it was those lowest moments when I thought I couldn't go on. And I said, God, I'm not, I'm not coping. Mm. He says, okay, I have something for you. Mm-hmm. And he, he responds to that. Mm-hmm. He knows just how much we can bear. And he says, okay, I've got this covered. You needed this. Here, have yeah. a little piece. Yes. Just to let you know. Yes. I'm still there. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And the, if he can do the little things, he can also do the big things. Mm-hmm. That's right. We can trust him to do the little things. He will do the big things. I appreciate um, you sharing your story with us this morning and for these words of inspiration to our missionary friends who are listening to this podcast. Um, And as we we move from this pandemic year and last year also pandemic year, we can only move forward with hope and confidence. that our God, who is in control of everything, you know, will, will be with us no matter where and, and what we do. So exactly. thank you so much, Shauna, for uh, sharing your story with us today. And um, I'm going to have us close with prayer. Sure. And then um, we will end this particular episode. Thank you. Dear God, we are so thankful that you have um, covered Shana with your, with your wings and your feathers. Thank you for the beautiful way in which you have reassured her that you care about her and care about everything in her life and that you are there to protect and to shield. Father, we know that um, they have served long, many years in mission, in the, in mission service for you. And perhaps this time that um, they are, as they are waiting to hear from you, um, I pray that you will continue to watch over them, give them the rest they need, and that they will continue to go forward and to continue to trust in you and depend on you. Um, you don't slumber, you don't sleep. You are there all the time and you're in control. And we pray for all the missionaries out there today who need a special word from you just to reassure them 
that you are still there. And Lord, if it's not a feather or if it's not a, you know, a way, please send some sign to them to know that you are still there. Somebody mm -hmm. needs you today, Lord, and I pray that your presence will be felt mightily in their lives. Yeah. So thank you for hearing us. We pray in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. If you haven't been to the IWM website recently, visit us at instituteofworldmission.org. There you will find more podcasts, webinars, and other resources to boost your mission success. From all of us at IWM, we wish you God's richest blessings as you continue in His service.